Hey everybody, so welcome to episode two with Talks with Michelle. I labeled this episode the signs because in this episode I am going to go over some of the other signs that my mom exhibited in the last few months of her life that I actually missed. And um, even though I saw those signs, I didn't know that this really was a huge cry for help. Um, I wasn't aware that these things um, that were displayed to me as signs of severe depression were something that I even needed to act upon. Um, or I, I should say, I didn't know that it was this serious, that it was that serious like it was. Um, as I explained in episode one, my mom was superwoman to me. And as an African-American woman, that's always how she portrayed herself. Every strong black woman in my life was superwoman to me. I never saw them break and my mother was one of them. And she was the person who taught me how to be strong even when I felt like I wanted to fall apart. It was, you didn't do that, you were strong. And so that's all I knew. And so to think that my mother would ever think of leaving me and my brother, and I say that repeatedly because that is the one thing that is the most hardest thing to understand or grasp with this death, is that the two people in the world that my mother protected with her entire life, she inflicted the most pain on us by leaving us the way she did. And when I look back over everything that um, has happened, especially the last um, several months of my mom's life, there were a few signs that I wish if I had educated myself on earlier, I would have known to be a lot more um, active in saying, look, there is something wrong. You know, I, I know that we were having conversations and my mother was always honest with me, but my mother protected me and she protected me and my brother in such a way that we were shielded from a lot of things that were going on because that was just the way she wanted to um, raise us. And even as adults, my mother still carried that same mentality. She wanted to protect her children. And... And protecting us, there was a lot we didn't know. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with protecting your children. That is your job as a parent, is to protect your children. But when you protect your children in such a way that they don't see you, um, even in hard times, they only see you as superwoman. They only see you as superman. And they never see anything other than that. Sometimes that's a little bit difficult because when there is something wrong, you don't know what to do. And this was my situation. I didn't know how to help my mother. I didn't know that 
the person who always helped me really needed my help and I didn't know how to help. And so there is no right or wrong thing to that. I mean, it it is what it is. And as a parent, um, when you're raising your children, you're going to do what you feel is best. And always with situations that end in tragedy, we always go back and we wonder, what if? What if this? What if that? And um, for me, I have combed back over this entire situation so many times over the past 11 years that it's not even funny. It's, it's just unreal because I really try to understand what I could have done differently. And so I did share in episode one that one of the signs that my mom exhibited is that she was, um, she was a bit moody. And my mom was not that person. If you knew my mother, then you knew that um, she was so happy. She she brought light into every room that she walked in. My mother smiled all the time, probably even when she didn't want to. And um, every person that my mother encountered, she just had this loving, caring personality where if something was wrong with you she would try to help you fix whatever it was she would listen um my mother was just such a person who who wanted to give to others even when they didn't give to her and I will get into that in a later episode but I I looked at my mother in such a way that as I said before, I never saw this coming. I, I just did not. And um, when she started exhibiting signs of withdrawn, being withdrawn and not really wanting to do the things that she normally would and, and her sleep being um, very sporadic, um, she couldn't sleep at night. And... Um, I just thought because of, you know, the time with her job, because back in 2008 on into uh, 2009, everybody was in in a state of panic. Um, You didn't know about job security. You were without a job. People just were in such a state of disbelief of how things changed so quickly that you know, you really didn't know what to do. Now, me, fortunately, because of my um, background and in, in working in the healthcare industry, that is an industry that, fortunate for me, never was affected. So I didn't feel that in 2008 or in 2009. I was, I was blessed. I am very blessed to still had uh, a job. I was still working. And so when my mom started going through this, You know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to help your brother get through college. And she panicked about everything. And I thought, Mom, you've raised us. You've done everything for us. And she did. She was absolutely everything to me and my brother, even as adults. Um, We had fathers. For me, my father was not always active. 
my brother his father was there but then at times he wasn't and so my mom she overcompensated but that was her choice because she felt guilty about having us suffer for what her choice was in a father for us and I will tell you this she made us have a life where we knew how to work for the things that we want but my mother also instilled in us that you show people how you love them you show them you tell them you make sure that they know and you treat people the way you want to be treated but most importantly she created memories for us and so there's a hashtag that I use where I say create memories and not regrets and one thing I don't have as a regret is that the memories that I have of my mother and the 34 years that I was blessed to have her on this earth is that she created memories for me and my brother that will last me the rest of my life and I am so grateful so if you are a parent it's good to give your children the things that you never had that's awesome but I can tell you as someone who doesn't have my parent right now, those memories, those things that she did that didn't cost money are the things that I hold near and dear to my heart at this time. And those are the things that cause me to smile when I want to cry because I know that those things that she did for me and my brother that didn't cost anything even just time you know just time watching a movie is something that you can't get back you can't put a price tag on that and um those are just some of the memories that i i truly am grateful for and so if you have children please know that while we're in a age of social media and tablets and games spend time please because when it's all said and done okay you spend money on expensive tennis shoes you spend money on games you've taken you've taken them on expensive trips and that is great but that time that you spend with your children is priceless i I promise you it is and that is something that your children will always always remember and also taking pictures i hated taking pictures because of my size i I thought i looked terrible in photos but if i could go back i would snap a photo every single time i saw my mother because then i would have those photos as memories at this moment but we're in the present and that is the past. But if I can help anybody do anything differently with their own situation, then me saying this will be worth it. Um, one of the other signs that I wanted to share with you all is the last Christmas that I had with my mother. And my mother lived in her house. She was um, divorced. And I remember one day she had a smaller TV. She didn't have a smart TV. And at that time, I don't think smart TVs were out. But she didn't have a big TV. She just had a a TV. 
And I remember one time I said to my mom, I was like, Mom, this TV is really small. Like, you really need to get another TV. So my mom just looked at me and she said, if you want me to have another TV, you get it. She said, I'll be more than happy to replace this TV back here. And I was like, okay. So for me, I put that in my mind. And I knew that for Christmas, I was going to get my mother a big flat screen. That was that was it. I, I had to. So for several months, I worked um, overtime. And I made it happen. I went and I brought my mother a 42-inch uh, flat screen for Christmas. And I was so excited. I, I was so excited because that was my money. That was something I did for her. And that was something that she was so deserving of. And I was so proud of myself. And um, when I gave it to her, her face lit up. Because I thought of her and I did something for her and my mom was just so tickled and I am I'm so grateful for that memory but the last Christmas was something that um, I didn't realize this was a sign of her going through what she was going through and this was a sign for me to pay attention to um my mother loved the holidays she was a family person and she absolutely loved every major holiday um christmas and especially thanksgiving christmas because she always spent christmas with me and my brother and she would buy us one big gift and then you know, underwear, bras, t-shirts, all those essential things that she felt a child should have from their mother. She did that. So that that was her, um, her way of still taking care of us, even though we were adults. So um, when she gave me her gift, and I knew it was going to be a big gift, I was surprised. She actually had gave me this tennis bracelet that I had always wanted. She gave it to me. And she had gave me uh, money and a few gift cards. But this Christmas, my mother wasn't so happy when she gave me these gifts. She just gave it to me. And I remember having a moment where I was like what is going on but I didn't say this to her and I thought to myself I'm like this isn't a normal Christmas gift like since when I mean I've been wanting this tennis bracelet I've been eyeing it but you know why are you giving it to me as a Christmas present I, I just don't get it and I thought well okay I don't know what this is about maybe something else is coming it didn't but I didn't realize that giving away items is a sign, is a big sign. When people decide that they want to die by suicide, this is one of the things that they do. They give away things that are important to them or they just start giving away things in general. And 
I never, ever, ever thought that this was going to happen several months later. And so that gives me indication from that Christmas in uh, 2008 that she had been thinking about this for some time as I go back over, you know, the last several months of her life. And also a thing that I, I was privy to, and that is another sign, is that people who are suicidal, a lot of times they share things with people that they know are not going to do anything. And my mother did that, and I didn't know that. So I'm not sure exactly how long before, I guess a couple months before my mom uh, passed away, she had a close friend that she talked to pretty much every single day. And uh, she had shared with her that she wanted to hurt herself and that she was tired. And that friend had said to her, don't talk like that. And if you ever talk like that again, I'm going to tell your daughter. Well, I will tell you this. If someone says to you that they want to hurt themselves, you may can say that. You know, you might say, okay, well, don't ever say that. And if you do this, this is what I'm going to do as, as a threat. You don't always get a second chance to help the person. That day for you to help them is when they say something to you. And if you wait, it may be too late. And for me, in my situation, it was too late. My mother was an honest person. And she told her friend, she promised her, oh no, I'm not gonna do anything. And so my mom's friend, she, she didn't say anything to me. She didn't say anything to my brother. She left it alone. And I'm sure that's the decision that my mom's friend will live to regret the rest of her life. And as episode two starts, I will get into that more as well. Um, another person that my mother had told that she wanted to die uh, by suicide or take her life is her sister, her oldest sister. And my mother was the youngest girl of 17 children. So I come from a very big family, but my mother was a baby girl. And so she told her older sister that she wanted to hurt herself. And the same conversation pretty much happened with my mother and her sister. So you look back over that, and it's two people that my mother told she wanted to hurt herself. And they didn't do anything. And I'll be honest to not go too deep into it in this episode. I was beyond angry. I'm not going to say that, oh, I was okay with that. No, no, no. When this happened and I learned this, I was 
so upset and that's being mild pissed off angry you name it i felt every emotion that i could possibly feel towards those two people and what i will say is that although they didn't share the information with me the way that I felt in that moment was that they took my opportunity to help my mother. I didn't know that that's how she was feeling because my mother presented herself to me one way and to them she presented herself another way. And they took my opportunity for me to help her. And that's what I was most angry about. That they didn't think enough about her and love her enough to help her. I don't care if she would have been mad at them. Who cares if someone is mad at you if you're trying to help them? I would rather her be alive and mad than dead and gone. But over the years, I've learned to accept the fact that that's what that was and make peace. And I will get into that because I think that is essential for people to understand that sometimes things are said to you that you can't ignore. If you ignore them, you're doing the person that you love a disservice. You you just are. If you love somebody, you have to, you have to, have to, have to help them. And even if you yourself can't help them, find somebody who can. Just please don't ignore them because I promise you, you don't want to live the rest of your life with regrets. And I know that these two people have regrets. And it's been 11 years. And that's a long time to carry that regret and guilt around. It is. But it is unfortunately a thing that, um, that just doesn't go away. Because you always have that with you. You always think about it. The last thing that I want to talk about is the Friday that I was getting ready to travel to um, see my mom. I was getting ready to come home for the weekend. And my mom had been absolutely stressing over everything. And we had multiple conversations of how to make sure that my brother graduated from college on time and had the funds available and everything and my mother had called me this Friday as I was packing my clothes and getting ready to head that way for the weekend she called me and my mother was the happiest that she had ever been in months and my mother was always a happy person but I mean she just almost like she hit the lotto type happy and now that I think about it and I was like okay you know, I'm talking to her, and she said, I just wanted to tell you, she called me, she called me baby. She never called me um, by my first name unless she was upset with me. <laughs> and so she said, baby, she said, I, she said, I'm okay. She said, everything is, is fine. She said, I, I got this thing figured out. And I was like, okay, mom. I said, that's good. I said, I'm glad. And she said, I want you to know that it's going to be okay. And I was like, wow. I was, I was like, okay. 
And it was like she had, I don't, she never really shared with me what had happened, what was going on. She just told me everything was going to be okay. And to hear the relief in my mom's voice, I was ecstatic. I was like, oh, I got my mom back. I'm like, yeah, she's in, she's better now. Because she sounded better. She sounded like her old self. And when I tell you, now in hindsight, my mom had really made that decision to end her life two days later. And I didn't know that. And my mother was excited because she had felt probably in her mind that what she was about to do was to take care of me and my brother, was to resolve the situation, the financial strain that had plagued her for months, the stress. And I didn't realize that she really had sat and thought about this as a plan to leave me and my brother. When people decide that they want to leave this earth and die by suicide, and I keep saying die by suicide because if you think about it, a person who goes out and shoots someone, they commit a crime. When someone inflicts pain upon themselves, that's not a crime. So when we said commit suicide, they didn't commit a crime. And I had to educate myself on this because I used to say that because that was the common term that was used. But they did not commit a crime. The crime they, they committed, if any at all, was to their self. How can you put somebody in jail for doing that? You can't. They're harming themselves. So this is why after reading an article a few years ago that I rephrase this and I always try to educate anybody who says this. It's not die. It's not uh, commit suicide. It's die by suicide because that's exactly what happened. So I just encourage you to think about that. And educate yourself read articles because knowledge is power and we all know that and i had to completely educate myself on what this whole thing meant and how if i'm going to be a person that educates other people on loss rebuilding their life i had to understand everything about suicide the effects how to talk to people so that they understand that suicide is something that will affect someone for the rest of their life. So, as I get ready to end this episode, I this phone call happened on a Friday and I came home on a Saturday. So, in episode three, I'm going to talk about the weekend that I came home because my mom died on a Sunday. And I'm going to get into what happened that weekend and the events that then happened the day that my mother passed away. I want to thank you all for listening to this podcast and subscribing to the channel. 
because it is extremely important for me to be the voice for people who don't have a voice. As I said in episode one, my mom is my why. And for the rest of my life, my mother will continue to be my why. But most importantly, I'm going to now do my absolute best in however much time I have here left on this earth to be the voice for my mother when she didn't feel like she had a voice. So that means I'm going to speak, I'm going to talk, I'm going to do whatever I can to help other people who may be struggling with, with depression, mental illness, suicidal thoughts, suicidal attempts. I want to share this because I want people to get a clear insight into what it is like to be a suicide loss survivor. When you are going through your struggle, you don't think about what the other person or the people that you may leave behind may go through. All you think about is that you're in pain and you want to end that pain. You want to stop hurting. But I just encourage you to understand and know that although your pain may end, that person or those people that you leave behind, I promise you their pain never, ever ends. You swap that pain. And they have to carry that guilt, that that grief for the rest of their life. It is 11 years. It'll be 11 years in July that my mom has been gone. And I still carry that with me to this day. I handle it differently, but I still carry it with me. And it will never go away. It just won't. So thank you all for listening to episode two. I hope it was helpful. I hope this is something that you can use to share with other people. And even if it doesn't um, help you, please share this with other people so that it can help somebody else. Thank you again. And I will talk with you all in episode three.